What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The most listened to talk radio uh, program in America. Hello and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It is September 11th. We actually have some really good news to report today on several fronts, but we're going to take the one that comes out of Missouri in 60 seconds. Global investor Mark Faber, who's often called Dr. Doom, just issued a chilling prediction on the future of the U.S. dollar. I think you should hear this. He said, now remember, it's Dr. Doom and it's Glenn Beck telling you, so you know it's not going to be happy. The U.S. dollar will become, over time, a worthless currency. Why? Because he's convinced government agencies like the Fed are all lying, forced to print money indefinitely to maintain an illusion of stability. If you followed this stuff and you follow what they have been doing and what they are doing, I believe he's absolutely right. Just because he's, you know, Dr. Doom doesn't mean that Mm, he's wrong about it. In these uncertain times, is your wealth protected? There are several ways to protect the money that you have saved your whole life. One of those things, hard assets of gold or silver. Gold or silver have historically been the safe havens. Goldline is now offering a golden parachute for you with every tube or box of the historic $5 gold Indian head or $5 gold Liberty coins that you pur- you purchase, you're going to receive 150 of Goldline's one gram mind your business silver bars for free. Keep in mind, special is in for IRAs. That's 150 one gram coins uh, or silver bars for every box or every tube of the $5 gold Indian head, which are the ones that I buy and ask them why I buy it that way. Uh, pick up the phone now and call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. All right. Well, I am anxious and happy to have Andrew Bailey on the phone with us from Missouri. He is the Attorney General. Missouri has been kicking ass and taking names with uh, the Attorney General's office now for a few years. He has just won an appeals, an appeal in the Fifth Circuit, uh, in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, uh, on the White House what they can and cannot do. Andrew, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. It's great to have you on. So tell me what happened. This happened on Friday. Well, as you, yeah, as you know, we uh, our lawsuit Missouri v. Biden has uh, uncovered a relationship of coercion and collusion between the White House across a spectrum of bureaucratic agencies to silence. American voices in violation of the First Amendment on big tech social media platforms. We went to court in May and asked for a preliminary injunction on July 4th. The district court laid the first brick in a wall of separation between tech and state to protect our First Amendment right to free speech against government censorship and put a stop to it. Uh, This coercion and collusion to stifle Americans' voices. Uh, The Department of Justice appealed and said that they needed to be able to silence voices to protect us from ourselves. Oh, my God. And obviously... Yeah, I mean, that's that's when you know you're in trouble, when our, our rights are imperiled, when they start saying things like that. But we appealed it to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and a three-judge panel on Friday afternoon upheld that preliminary injunction, keeps that first brick in the wall of separation between tech and state in place to protect our First Amendment right to free speech. This is a huge win for our constitutional uh, rights in the First Amendment. Is it going to go to the Supreme Court? 
I think it has to. And I think the, uh, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals certainly telegraphed that. The Department of Justice has 10 days to decide if they want to appeal uh, the ruling. We anticipate they will. I mean, they throughout the, the process in May, uh, after the 4th of July, uh, once the district court issued its order, and then in court in oral argument uh, last, you know, a few weeks ago at the Fifth Circuit, the Department of Justice is committed to continuing violations of our right to free speech. They want to be able to censor voices in opposition uh, on big tech social media platforms. And look, the court found that the harm is ongoing, that, uh, you know, that, that there's a past chilling effect uh, of government censorship where people are now self-censoring. If you talk about Donald, people are afraid to talk about Donald Trump or mm-hmm. COVID or election security issues on big tech for uh, fear of being deplatformed, deemphasized, shadow banned. And so the harm is ongoing, and Department of Justice is clearly committed to future violations. So we've got to keep fighting this thing all the way to the highest court in the land. So I just read, I think it was in the New York Times today, they were talking about Elon Musk and, you know, uh, what a lie it was that uh, most of the free speech that is suppressed is from the right. Uh, And they were just saying, that's not true. It's from the left. The judge in his ruling stated and clarified who was getting harmed, right? That's absolutely correct. And I would also point out that on May 26th, when we were we put on evidence, this is not Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey speculating that something happened. This is proven in court based on evidence through a judicial process and now affirmed by a court of by an appellate court. But I would point out that on May 26th, after we had put on the evidence, the, the district court judge looks at Biden's attorneys and says, well, give me one example where someone you silenced or suppressed or censored wasn't conservative. And the only example they had was Robert Kennedy, another voice in opposition <laughs> to Joe Biden. okay um also the white house made it uh made it clear of what they wanted to be suppressed and what they wanted to be uh amplified but they also threatened them uh in ways that are completely unconstitutional if they didn't do it right yeah that's exactly right there was an unspoken or else. Do this, or else you will be punished. The court noted that uh, the White House had plans to punish big tech, that there were both express threats and implicit threats through the use of the inherent authority of their office. And that's coming from the White House, who is the ultimate authority of the executive branch, and the FBI, who is a a law enforcement agency. So these uh, social media companies, these big tech uh, companies, certainly knew that they were censoring conservative voices at the demand of the federal government. And um, he said the Hunter Biden laptop story was real, not mere Russian disinformation. And uh, the FBI's failure to alert social media companies to this fact is particularly troubling. What did he mean it, by it that? Is, well, it's election interference. I mean, that is the most prime example of election interference that I can provide in the, the course of this lawsuit. I mean, at the end of the day, the court found that Joe Biden used the power of the presidency to threaten social media into censoring truthful speech in an orchestrated campaign of a magnitude never seen before in our country. And, and Glenn, you and I have talked about this before. You know, we, we talked about in 1798, the Alien and Sedition Act that the Federalist passed to lock up political opponents. This is worse. The court has identified that what's going on here between the federal government censoring on big tech is worse than what was going on in 1798. And that's the nadir of, you know, constitutional depravity uh, and and a a slouch toward authoritarianism. So I'm seeing so much of this going on. What what happened with the governor in uh, uh, New Mexico this weekend? Just saying, you know what, for 30 days, we're just going to ban guns. You can't do that. Um, what's happening here in Texas, where they are, are are impeaching our attorney general with what appears to be literally 
no evidence of a crime. It is crazy. What's happening, I, I mean, I, I asked Stu today, when was, if there ever was a time, when was the last time you, A, saw somebody go to jail for questioning the outcome of an election, and B, their attorneys were charged as well? When's the last time attorneys were charged in anything? Yeah, the, the Department of Justice and these rogue prosecutors in Georgia want to criminalize the practice of law, which clearly runs afoul of the right to counsel provided in the United States Constitution. But I would also point out what's going on in New Mexico has a direct correlation to what we're seeing in our lawsuit, Missouri v. Biden, on the, the First Amendment big tech issues in that the White House and the Department of Justice in court, in open court, said that COVID justified the violations of the First Amendment, that because of COVID, they had to censor speech to, quote unquote, protect us from ourselves. And, and what the point that we've made in court is that a national emergency never justifies violating the timeless principles codified in the Constitution because the national emergency will never end. And you see that at play in, in New Mexico. The governor there is using a, quote unquote, statewide emergency to target firearms, to violate Second Amendment rights of individuals in New Mexico because she contrived an emergency. The separation of powers matter. Again, we can't slouch toward authoritarianism because of a perceived emergency. And that's why standing up and fighting for these fundamental and timeless rights is so important. So wait a minute. So will this, because I, I think one of the reasons maybe you'd know better that was it's only 30 days is so it doesn't go into court and they don't rule. So it'll just kind of leave it ambiguous. Um, but I think it needs to be tried all the way to the Supreme Court. Is this why you are saying that it has to go, your case has to go to the uh, Supreme Court? I, I believe so. I think it, it, 100 years from now, law students will crack open a constitutional law textbook and read the case of Missouri v. Biden, and we'll view that as a turning point in our nation's history where we reaffirmed our commitment to free, fair, and open debate, absent government censorship, where we rejected government censorship and, and celebrated our, our freedom, and that we've got you know, COVID tyranny, again, that's just the, the Trojan horse that gets the enemy behind the gates. And we see that, that, that enemy now spreading into so many different areas election quote-unquote election security the department of justice committed right. to censoring american speech if you if you question the integrity of election and a, a, you know a new emergency has now popped up where the governor of new mexico wants to violate the second amendment rights of, of uh, american citizens in new mexico because of a perceived emergency i mean again co we can't let covid tyranny spread to these other areas we've got to continue so, to fight back and take it all the way to the united states was the judge on friday clear about a covid emergency that that these emergencies do not was did he state that and make that very clear i believe that is absolutely in the in in the court's uh, 74 page opinion i think that runs as a common thread throughout the entirety of this litigation i mean from day one we said that you can't you know it's during times of national emergency we must remain most vigilant in our protection of our fundamental rights. And I mean, look at the historical perspective. I mean, in the 1940s, uh, Japanese Americans were interned during World War II in violation of the due process clause uh, because of a perceived emergency. You know, uh, COVID, we were, we were masked, schools shut down, we were ordered to stay home, weren't allowed to, to interact with one another, we saw loved ones, heard about loved ones dying in hospitals where we couldn't visit them because of uh, government bureaucrats making decisions for us instead of uh, the process playing out through a you know a legislative body, and so separation of powers matters. That protects our fundamental rights and our freedoms. The Constitution is the best bulwark against authoritarianism and tyranny. And I think we've got to continue to reaffirm it in lawsuits like Missouri v. Biden. 
I talked to, um, uh, shoot, what's his name? Alan Dershowitz um, a couple of weeks ago. And he said he's keeping a chart of bananas. And he said, I'm up to six bananas. If you get 10 bananas, we're a banana of a republic. And there's no, there's just no turning back. And he said the, what's going on with the president and the attorneys, he said, is extraordinarily disturbing. Um, and he said, we're on the verge of just no way back from a banana republic. Do you believe that? I do. I think it's shameful what's being done to President Trump and his legal team and others that, again, you know, questioning the government, questioning the operation of government is a First Amendment right. That's a fundamental right. It's no accident. But it's in the very First Amendment in the Bill of Rights. It's a right of conscience. Uh, you know, it's absolute. And political speech is the highest order of protected speech in the land. And that, that is by design. And we, you know, that you, can, you need to look no further than these communist dictatorships or, or Stalinist Russia or even Nazi Germany to see what can happen when there isn't some structure in place to protect us from the government. And here in Missouri v. Biden, we can demonstrate that the government has been weaponized uh, to violate our rights to free speech. Certainly in the instance of those prosecutions, we can demonstrate that the criminal justice system has been weaponized to go after Joe Biden's political opponents. It is shameful. Do you have, um, do you have any, uh, can you give any reassurance that the, they're not going to just keep doing it because that seems to be what the Biden administration does. They get a court case. They don't like, even if it's the Supreme court and they're like, they're just going to do it anyway. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, look, they, they should be elevating the rules of the game above the players and the outcomes, but they've completely abandoned that approach, and it undermines the rule of law. This country's national identity is our Constitution. We all got on board in this concept that the Constitution exists to protect us from the government, and the government protects to, uh, exists to protect our rights, and yet here, that's completely been inverted and perverted uh, to suppress Americans' free speech and go after political opponents using the criminal justice system. Again, it's shameful. I wish I could say it was going to stop. The, the Biden administration has the attitude that they get to do whatever they want until someone tells them to stop well i will stand up take them to court and and tell them to stop that's my job as attorney general for the state of missouri and it look look at the court order again in missouri v biden the court said that every social media user was impacted by the government censorship it's not just the individuals that are de-emphasized de-platformed because the government changed the algorithms changed the, the government demanded and the uh, big tech acquiesced to the change in the censorship protocols, mm. and it's not just the speakers whose rights were violated, it's the listeners. Unbelievable. Andrew, thank you for the fight. Appreciate it. Congratulations on the win. Thank you so much for having me on. All the best to you and your listeners. You bet. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. So, do you have a favorite moment from your child childhood that was caught on tape? How about the memories of your kids when they were young? Do you have an easy way to view those memories? Uh, we didn't for a long time. We didn't. And some of them were still sending to Legacy Box some uh, new, you know, old pictures that we just found that we want to be able to look at. They've been, uh, they've been sitting on a computer. Some of them have been on tape. We want to be able to access them and see them. And you know what? We have wrecked our, our memories of our kids' childhood by using digital photography i'm convinced of it we delete the one where my sister was cross-eyed while she was looking at her you know 
we deleted all of those pictures that we used to look at and go, look at her, look at her, look how stupid she looks. I mean, that was fun, you know, especially for brothers. Uh, anyway, uh, you can save a whopping percent now, 40% off of the Legacy Box when you go to LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Now, you don't have to put all of everything in. You don't have to be ready. You just take the savings when you order the Legacy Box. It's all You'll save the 40% and then you send it in when you're ready. You just put all your old VHS tapes or camcorder tapes and even your pictures into Legacy Box. Send it in. They will professionally digitize everything by hand here in the U.S. Then they send you back all the original copies plus the digitized version on a thumb drive or a cloud. It's easy. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Save 40% by today. Send them in when you're ready. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. Uh, let's see. Do we have the audio of uh, the president was, was in Vietnam? And uh, my gosh. Uh, naked people were running down the street uh, just uh, screaming uh, from his speech. It was. They were? I didn't hear that part. Very of it. bad. It seemed like he was a little confused, very I thought. Very bad. You think so? Maybe a little bit. Uh, not Maybe really a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Long flight, um, of course. So. Sure. Here he is. Cut, uh, cut six, please. For, and uh, I see. I'm just following my orders here. Oh, the president's following orders. Uh, wow, this is him at the podium with the presidential seal. Still nothing. Staff, if anybody haven't spoken to... Uh, I ain't calling on you. I'm calling on you. I said I had five questions. Anita from BOA. Wow. Wow, is that bad. Woo! Okay, uh, cut seven. We talked about at the conference overall, we talked about stability. We talked about making sure that the third world, the, uh, excuse me, third world, oh, the, uh, southern. The, the, uh, the southern hemisphere had access to changes, had access. Oh, to, we, it wasn't confrontational at all. Mm. Thank, thank you, everybody. This ends the count press thank conference. Listen thanks to everyone. that, how they just thank cut you. him off. And then they put music on, and he actually goes back and talks to them. With the music, what? And I don't want to what? They cut his mic. With every person I met with. Unbelievable, unbelievable. But it's a hard jazz to, guitar. It's hard. Yeah, I was gonna say it's hard to respond to questions about your son being indicted while slow, you know, jazz is going on. Yeah, it is. It's like you don't yes. have. The, it's not the right rhythm. Yeah, you need something else. Uh, here he is on uh, global warming over the weekend. Cut eight. And the only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next uh, you, can you imagine, okay. Can you imagine, imagine saying that? The, the, I mean, there is nothing worse than nuclear war. Nothing. 1.5 degrees Celsius is worse than a global nuclear war. How? I mean, that is a bonkers statement a bonker like any 
there's no equivalent that you no, can come up not. with on the on the right. There's I was going to say, what if a Republican said, but like, there's no equivalent to how crazy of a statement that is. Did, did you know that the <laughs> the federal government is what is it? Operation Dark Sky or I can't remember. Um, they are talking about putting aerosol up into the upper atmosphere mm-hmm. uh, that have particles that will reflect reflect the sun back out into space. Okay, so it cuts down. It's all part of the geoengineering stuff they've been working yeah, on, which is crazy. Let's 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 no, let's not do that. Okay, <laughs> no. um, but they say it'll take the temperature down by two degrees Celsius. What the hell are we? And it's it's like fifty billion dollars to do. Yeah. What the hell are we doing everything else for? Right. Why? Yeah. It, you want to work? You want to have a put a bunch of nerds to research this stuff in case everything spins out of control in the future? Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Spend some endowment dollars on that universities. That's that's our global warming effort. Because seriously, I mean that all that stuff could theoretically solve it. Now we I think s- the the ramifications of some of that stuff might not be so positive. But, you think? But I mean, if it was totally out of control, 1972, they said, "Let's put black soot, soot yeah. on the north and southern pole to melt all the ice because of the ice age that was coming." <laughs> Please don't listen to these. The people. Glenn Beck Program. American Financing NMLS one eight two three three four www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Hey, I got good news. The Fed is meeting again, and you know what that means? Probably another rate hike. Yeah. Hey, the Biden economy, Bidenomics, it's working. If you're carrying a credit card or credit card debt, you might want to find a better way to keep up with the cost of inflation. In uh, American financing, they have a whole group of people that work for you, not the bank. Now, you may be able to use your home's equity to pay off the debt. Get out of the Biden debt cycle. Mortgage rates are a lot lower than the average credit card rate, which is hovering around 25% now. It's robbery. It's robbery. Use some of your money and equity that you have in your home and flip that down to a 6% rate as opposed to a 25%. Get that monkey off of your back now. Call American Financing. See if that will help uh, you. You could... You could postpone a couple of payments. You can close in as little as 10 days. AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. And BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Okay, 
Executive 106 and Executive 956, we just lost the target on that aircraft. Man, Z-100-852. Something weird is going on. Yeah. We, the, the World Trade Center is on fire. Oh, my god. Seriously, goodness. the top it, of the building. We're trying to get information. Top level of one of the... News to unfold from New York City. A plane, plane crashed. <gasps> Just... My sister's in that building. Okay. And I hope she's okay. And I got to run to New York. Oh, my God. Pandemonium. First of all, calm down. We're... It's raining papers and ashes and... Second plane has now flown in. Wait, explosion at the Pentagon? A third location is on alert and outside of Washington. I don't have words to describe what I'm witnessing right now. Effective immediately until further notice. Flight operations in the national airspace system by United States civil aircraft and foreign civil and military aircraft are prohibited. Freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward. And freedom will be defended. Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. This is Glenn Beck. Dateline, New York. In one of the most audacious attacks ever, terrorists hijacked two airliners, crashed them into the World Trade Center in a coordinated series of blows today that brought down the twin 110-story towers. Thousands may be dead, 58,000 people work at the World Trade Center. She wanted me, I just wanted to let you know I love you and I'm stuck in this building. I'm waiting at the building for a moment, I don't know, but there's lots of smoke and we just wanted you to know that I love you. Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. 
One plane, United Flight 93, crashed north of Somerset County Airport, a small airport 80 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. United said that flight, Boeing 757, left Newark at 8.01, and entered San Francisco at 38 minutes. We will not falter, and it is clear, and we will not fail. The American Constitution. That is the news of this day. September 11th, 2001. Twenty-two years ago, today. What a different world we live in. We remember, for those of us who were alive at the time, we remember it. Most kids that were born around or after 9-11 will have few memories I urge you to go into the podcast today and play that for your children because they're not learning about it in school. There's no emotion to it whatsoever. And it is the thing that set us on the path we're on today. It was a It was a wild ride. The first day, it was horrible. The second day, 9-12, I was standing, I think, in St. Petersburg, Florida, looking to give blood. And I was just standing in line with a bunch of strangers. We were all giving blood. Blood was not needed. We just didn't know it at the time. We thought thousands would be trapped and found. And we all came together. And it was, a, it was a remarkable few days. It really was. Earlier, you, you uh, read something that you wrote on September 12th, or I think it was 11th or 12th of yeah. 2001. And you actually, it was something that you recorded for the radio show in like, we played it every year for many, many years. Yeah. And at one point you talk about the country and how you know we are like the firefighters you know we don't run from burning building buildings we run into them and i've heard that i've heard you say it so many times and it always seemed like yes 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 we are does it still we are i you know no no i mean i think that my honest answer at this moment is it does not feel that way at all and for the first time when you said it earlier today as you were mentioning it, the thing that popped into my head was the withdrawal of Afghanistan. It's like we ran from the burning building. We no longer are the people who run toward no, them. No, but see, see, this is the thing that always made America unique that we have forgotten. 
we are not the government. Mm. Okay. The government is separate because it has separated itself. We, the people, are supposed to be the government. We're reflected by our government. Right now, there's no reflection. And, and I can prove that to be true, that we still are the people that run into the building. The government is not. What happened on Afghanistan? That happened on a Monday, and people were falling from the sky on our planes as we ran with our tail between our legs, and we left all of those people. What did we do? Two days later, this audience started a drive to raise money to go rescue those people, and 18,000 people rescued by this audience. You were the firefighter that ran into the building you just didn't have any boots you didn't have a helmet or a shield and nobody mentioned it afterwards nobody nobody did a big tribute to you we should you so deserve it you so deserve it don't don't forget those things because i struggled with that this morning as i I reread and go back and listen to hour one of the podcast. I reread parts of the the speech that Stu was talking about or the essay that Stu was talking about. And I wondered how much of that do we still believe? You can find it actually in written form at glenbeck.com. Um, and the question on glenbeck.com is, do you still believe this? Do you still believe this? And that particular phrase bothered me as well as it did Stu. As I was putting the show together, you know, early, early this morning, I struggled with that particular line. And then Stu comes in about an hour later and he's like, yeah, you know, I don't know how I feel about this line. I'm like, I know, right? But when he said it to me, I remembered you and Afghanistan. I'm like, wait a minute. We still are. We still are those people. There's a lot of good things that are happening. It's just that the, it's just that the bad things are so bad. So bad. Yeah, they really are. I mean, you can go back and listen to that. It takes you back to those that moment. I mean, I remember, we, as we said earlier, we went out to Outback Steakhouse in, in, in Tampa and uh and eight and i just remember being at such a weird moment like quiet the, the, honestly the only other moment that i can feel the only other meal i can remember being so weird was the first meal after covid that we went out and ate inside and it felt so we don't we're in yeah, texas that true. was it was may 1st 2020 here in texas when we yeah when we so did it was that. only a couple months yeah, afterwards was, but even then it felt weird it was like 25 percent capacity really eerie like yeah. no one was the there. glass cubes <laughs> they would put up it was basically because the germs yeah the germs go high when yeah. you're standing. You sit down. Don't worry about they it. They don't. That's the good thing about COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a high, high uh, circulation disease. Uh, but it, it's just a. It was a weird moment, and everything felt like it changed that day. And I, I do feel like you know some people brought this up with uh, there was a controversy with Vivek Ramaswamy uh, recently, where he kind of like you know said he said it was actually on the it was on Blaze TV. Become a member at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Mm. Um, but it was on Blaze TV where he was asked about 9/11 and he uh, by Alex Stein and. And he said, well, you know, I don't think we really have the truth on all of it. 
and I think you know he's talked tried to build that out and, and everything. Um, but one of the one of the ways people talked about that was that he was really young when that happened, yeah, and maybe doesn't hold it in the he didn't maybe it maybe doesn't set off all of the the reverence that it does for people who are older, yeah, you know. And I don't know if that's you know look he's he wants to be president of the United States he needs to understand that of course and I think he does, um, but it's interesting to think about that. Because he's what, 36, 37, something like that, mm-hmm. 38 years old. People in their 20s like have no reverence for this at all. Like it's just this it's bad, like, it's like what I mean with Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Harbor. Like it's a really bad thing. I remember, you know, I've read about it. Like it sounds terrible, but like I had no emotional connection to that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think now we're at that point where that's 9 11. You know, I, every once in a while I do the math and it's, terrifying terrifying how long ago that is i mean it's 22 years i mean the difference between you know 2001 you go back it's like your life is is passing by quickly Mm -hmm. but we're forgetting about that and it's it's something we need to remember so at least we do it once a year pass it on to your kids tonight make sure you listen to the podcast get it wherever you get your podcasts So Connor Boyack, the author of Tuttle Twins books, he met with thousands of parents. He identified the top concerns they have about their teens, things like laziness and lack of self-esteem. Those impact a teen's future. Most teens need more confidence and leadership skills, work ethic, critical thinking, persistence, problem solving. Well, there is a series now of 89 short, actionable tips your teens can begin using immediately to improve their lives. Teens that put these tips into action are seeing long-lasting benefits. If you want your teens to escape the woke mind virus and to think critically, they have to be the hero in their own story instead of just another victim. You need to get the Tuttle Twins books for them. This week only, you can get this book of tips for teens free when you order the Tuttle Twins teen book bundle. The Tuttle Twins are confident you're going to be happy with these books. They even have a money-back guarantee if, you're, if you order right now. So go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the teen book bundle deal. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Keep your kids sane and safe in this crazy world. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. There are so many stories that we have in today's uh, in today's show prep that you just need to see. One of them is from uh, the Washington Examiner on the Justice Department lawsuit against Elon Musk. It's insane. Insane. They're saying that he had to be uh, uh, he had to be sued by the federal government, DOJ, because um, his he would only hire U.S. citizens uh, and he would discriminate against non-citizens and, you know, asylum seekers and the, D- the DOJ's own website says that you cannot apply for a job unless you're a U.S. citizen. Uh, U.S. citizenship is required, according to the DOJ. So what kind of a lawsuit is this exactly? It is happening everywhere, everywhere. It is becoming vital to stand up and speak out. The Glenn Beck Program.